Back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 82 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, by our good friends in Pacifier. That is a song called Leave the Lights On from their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to Pacifier yet, definitely check them out. You know, they're available on really any music platform. And I just wanted to kick off today's episode here by saying that Brad Marchand is a moron. Now, Anyone who watches the game yesterday saw all the nonsense he got away with, and I'm not going to get into you know, all the details again. I'll, I'll just give you the cliff notes here real quick. There was an instance early in the game where Ryan Lindgren was looking to deliver a hit against Marshan along the boards. Marshan kind of sidestepped him and then punched Lindgren in the back of the head. No penalty was called. Lindgren retaliated, and of course, he gets called for the penalty. I believe it was two minutes for roughing at that point. But then later in the game, Georgiev makes a save. He holds onto the puck. The whistle blows. There's a little you know, a little bit of congestion in front of the Ranger net there. And Lindgren is talking to somebody else on the Bruins. And Marshan just viciously, for no discernible reason, cross-checks Ryan Lindgren right in the back. You know, just a savage hit, knocks Lindgren to the ice. And then Pavel Buchnevich follows up by doing the same thing to Brad Marshan. Just absolutely unloads on him, cross-checks Marshan in the back and sends him to the ice. And I really think, again, you know, I've always been a Buchnevich fan. I've kind of stood up for him on this show. You know, anybody who's been listening for any amount of time knows that, that, you know, for the most part, I've been a pro-Buchnevich kind of guy. But... I think he might have actually just become my favorite player after seeing him do that yesterday, seeing him stand up for his teammate and give Marshawn what he had coming for him. But, you know, we all know Marshawn's disgusting with all the licking nonsense out there. We all know he's a dirty player. We all know he's a punk and he's too gutless to drop his gloves. We went over all that yesterday. But you can add moron to the list as well, and here's why. After the game yesterday, Brad Marshan was talking about Ryan Lindgren, and here's what he said about Lindgren. He's not going to be a player there that's going to have a very long career. I'm not overly concerned with him. Now, Brad Marchand does what he does on the ice, and that's one thing. I mean, I think it's completely ridiculous the way he acts out there, but, you know, you could at least make the argument that it's in the heat of battle and all those things. This is after the game, after everybody's had a chance to cool down for at least a couple of minutes. You know, it's always at least a couple of minutes till the media is allowed to get into the locker room. And here he is taking an unnecessary shot at Ryan Lindgren and basically suggesting that he's not going to make it in this league. And to me, that's just completely unnecessary. It's just completely out of line. First of all, I should also mention that Tony D'Angelo had a, a really nice rebuttal on Twitter. You know, D'Angelo, one of the more active Rangers on Twitter, you know, he's certainly somebody who's not afraid to speak his mind on that platform. And D'Angelo responded by tweeting, Lindgren will be in the league for a long time, actually. Save your cold-blooded BS. So good job by Tony there. I mean, it's Twitter, you know, talk is cheap, but... I don't know. I think Tony D'Angelo, you know, again, he's outspoken on Twitter. It's still a nice thing for him to do to stand up for his teammate there. Um, and as for Marshan, first of all, leave it on the ice, okay? To go and run your mouth like that about someone's career prospects and, and suggest that he's going to be a failure, there's just absolutely no need for that. Ryan Lindgren is a guy who's fighting his tail off to stay in the NHL. Again, not somebody who was expected to be really a big-time contributor at the NHL, at least not this season for the Rangers. I really don't think that they saw this coming, that he was going to, you know, again, he started the year in the AHL, but he was caught up shortly thereafter and has played great for the Rangers. Again, I maintain that he has been arguably 
the Rangers' best defensive defenseman that they've had on the big league team this season. Now, secondly, what is Marshan basing these claims on? Why does he think that Ryan Lindgren isn't possibly going to make it in this league? Now, of course, there are no guarantees because players can look good one day and then not look so good the next day, and then they kind of just tail off and they just kind of become a footnote in NHL history. That does happen. But what about Ryan Lindgren's game would suggest to someone like Marshan that Lindgren won't be around for very long? Because when Lindgren is on the ice, I see someone who is tough as nails, and he proved that yesterday. I mean, he's bleeding all over the place. There were two separate incidences that drew blood, and, you know, he just stays out there. He gets stitched up, stays in the game. I see a big hitter. I see a physical presence. I see a guy who's going to stand up for his teammates. I see a guy who has incredible chemistry with Adam Fox. I think the two of them play very well together. They complement each other very well. And I see a guy who has already, despite being a rookie, despite being kind of unheralded in training camp this season, I see a guy who has been entrusted by the coaching staff to be on the ice for a lot of really key minutes. You know, there have been countless times this season where the Rangers will be up by a goal late in the game. The opponents will pull their goalie. They'll be, you know, trying to get the equalizer. And Ryan Lindgren's out there, and he's playing very well in those situations. So, I mean, does Brad Marchand, like when, when the Bruins aren't playing or practicing, does he just sit around and break down tape of Ryan Lindgren and pick him apart for things that he doesn't think he does well, and he thinks that Lindgren isn't going to make it in this league, that he has these glaring holes in his game? I really don't think that's the case. I get the feeling Marchand was probably just talking out of his ass, and this is what you get, and it's ridiculous. And thirdly, and this is why Marchand truly is a moron, and I can say that without any hesitation whatsoever, Ryan Lindgren was drafted by the Bruins in the second round. He went number 49 overall, number 49 in the 2016 NHL draft. So whether Marshawn, first of all, does Marshawn even realize that? It's probably 50-50 if, if he actually knows that, you know, it's probably less than that. Marshawn probably has no clue that Ryan Lindgren was drafted by his own team. So whether Marshawn realizes this or not, by saying that, again, I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but by saying that Ryan Lindgren is not going to make it in this league and he's not good enough to have a long NHL career, he is insulting his own front office. He's basically, again, saying that Ryan Lindgren is not going to have a long and prosperous NHL career, yet the Bruins were the team that thought highly enough of him to take him in the second round. So... <laughs> Any way you slice this, Marchand is, is is insulting the decision makers on the Boston Bruins. And, you know, again, I, I guarantee you he didn't even give it this much thought. He just wanted to shoot his mouth off after the game because that's the kind of guy that he is. And that's what he does. And he took a shot at his own front office. It really is unfortunate that the Rangers don't play the Bruins again this season. And unfortunately, you know, the Bruins won all three games this year. But if Marshawn has any guts whatsoever, I don't think he does, but he'll fight Ryan Lindgren next year because you know Lindgren will be up for it after everything that happened on Sunday. And whatever happens on the ice is one thing, but Marshawn, you know, to then shoot his mouth off in an interview and just say, oh, well, Ryan Lindgren's never going to make it in this league. Now you're talking about someone's life, essentially, because Ryan Lindgren wants to make it in life by playing in the NHL. And, you know, if you play well enough, you're, you're going to do well for yourself. You're going to have six figure contracts at the very least, and if Ryan Lindgren continues on this trajectory that he's on right now, uh, he's going to get paid, and he's going to have a, a very solid career in the NHL. For the most part, he's played very well this season. I see a guy who's going to stick around, and hopefully with the Rangers. I hope Ryan Lindgren's on the Rangers for the next 10 years, maybe more if, if everything shakes out the right way, but yeah, you know, big, strong, stay-at-home defenseman, not going to back down from anybody, very physical out there, and again, I dare Brad Marchand to drop the gloves with Ryan Lindgren again next season. That will be appointment television if it happens. 
And one other thing that I just want to say about this whole situation, if you're the Rangers, do not trade Chris Kreider to the Boston Bruins. I don't want them to trade Chris Kreider at all, but I can live with it if they send him to a Western Conference team. But after everything I saw from Brad Marchand yesterday, it would just make me sick to see Chris Kreider go to the Bruins, to see him in a Bruins jersey. I do not want to help this team. They are supposed to be a rivalry of the Rangers. And I realize if you're the Rangers, you probably want to do the trade with whichever team is going to give you the best return. And if that's the Bruins, then so be it. And we have seen the Rangers and Bruins strike a couple deals over the last couple of seasons. Obviously, um, you know, Rick Nash getting traded over there in exchange for Ryan Lindgren. And another example, we're going to talk about this in just a second, Joey Keane being brought in by the Rangers in exchange for Nick Holden. So the Rangers and Bruins, despite the rivalry, have seen fit to make a couple of trades over the last couple of seasons. But man, I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see the Rangers improve the Bruins' chances of winning the Stanley Cup. And I certainly don't want to see Chris Kreider on the Bruins. It's one thing to trade an aging veteran, Rick Nash, to the Bruins. It's one thing to trade, you know, a fifth or sixth defense in Nick Holden to the Bruins. Do not give the Bruins Chris Kreider, who could be the final piece in helping them win the Stanley Cup. Don't do it. Trade him to a Western Conference team where we'd actually be able to stomach watching Chris Kreider win a Stanley Cup. And you know how Bruins fans would spin this, right? It would be like, oh, Chris Kreider, he's got ties to Boston. He's always been meant to be a Bruin, man. He plays our style of hockey. Nobody wants to hear that, okay? If you're the Rangers, please send him anywhere other than the Boston Bruins. Again, I can live with Chris Kreider being traded. I don't want him to be traded, but I can at least understand why the Rangers would do that from an organizational standpoint. Do not send this man to the Boston Bruins. I do not want to see him on the same line as Brad Marchand. I don't think any Ranger fan wants to see that. It would make you sick, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But yeah, Brad Marchand yesterday, by insulting his own front office in an indirect way, he has proven not only is he one of the dirtiest players in the league, he is also one of the dumbest. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Let's move on to Joey Keane. Now, Keane was sent back down to the Wolfpack. Unfortunately for him, he did not get to make his NHL debut. And, you know, he was brought up on Friday when Mark Stahl was still dealing with the flu. The Rangers thought they might need an extra defenseman because Tony D'Angelo was still injured, and of course, he missed Sunday's game against the Bruins as well. So the Rangers were down a couple of defensemen, and it looked like Joey Keane might get a chance to to suit up and get out there on the ice. But now that Stahl is back and healthy, and it looks like Tony D'Angelo, again, it was just a minor injury with D'Angelo, and it sounds like he could be out there as soon as Wednesday night's 8 p.m. matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks. So you look at it now, the landscape has changed a little bit. There's not really any way to get Joey Keane onto the ice. And, you know, if, if you count Brennan Smith, the Rangers have seven healthy defensemen right now, or, or they will if if and when Tony D'Angelo comes back. So that being the case, probably best to send him back down to Hartford. You don't want Joey Keene to just sit in the press box for no reason and, and not play hockey. He can go back to the AHL, continue to do his thing, continue to hone his craft. Just 20 years old, and, you know, I know we're not going to get to see him make his NHL debut in the immediate short term here, but we can still talk about Keene a little bit. Once again, one of two players on the Wolfpack that made the AHL All-Star Game this season, along with, obviously, Igor Shesterkin. He was a third-round pick for the Rangers in 2018, went number 88 overall, 6 feet tall, 180 pounds, and again, just 20 years old. And as far as his stats in Hartford, he has 8 goals and 20 assists in 48 games. Definitely a little bit of an offensive defenseman, but it sounds like the Rangers are happy with what he's done defensively as well. And just for a little bit of context here, Keene was acquired in the trade that sent Nick Holden to the Bruins in 2017-2018. So thanks for the free player, boss. And I mean, you know, Holden, I didn't dislike Holden as much as some other Ranger fans seem to toward the end. I thought he did an okay job. 
He was a defenseman who mostly played on the third pairing. He he was okay. He d- just was nothing special. But yeah, obviously the book is still out on Joey Keene, a guy who can develop into a really good player. And the Rangers also got Rob O'Gara in that trade. Uh, O'Gara skated in eight games with the Rangers in 2017-2018, but he was traded to the Florida Panthers this past December. He has not appeared in a game with the Panthers yet. He is on their AHL team, the San Antonio Rampage. But yeah, as for that trade, the trade that sent Nick Holden to the Boston Bruins in 2017-2018, the big piece was certainly Joey Keane, and so far so good. You know, he's having a good season in the AHL. Again, just 20 years old. He's got all the time in the world, and he's somebody that I do expect that we will see at some point this season, just to give you a quick quote from Coach Quinn here, we liked him an awful lot in training camp. He skates real well. He competes. He's got good puck skills. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's a guy that the Rangers hold highly. He doesn't really get as much buzz as Ke'Andre Miller and Niles Lundqvist as far as defensemen of the future are concerned. But Keen starting to make a name for himself in his own right. You know, it is a little disappointing that we didn't get to see Keen make his debut, but it is what it is, and, you know, he very easily could be the next man up whenever the Rangers need a defenseman later this season, and it's also possible that there could be an opening created as soon as, really any day now, but before the Monday trade deadline, because it's certainly possible that the Rangers go ahead and trade Brady Shea or Tony D'Angelo or Brennan Smith, any combination of those players, and I'm not necessarily trying to force all those players out the door, but facts are facts. You know, their names do come up quite often in trade talks. So it is possible that one or more of them are on the move. And then that opens up a spot for Joey Keene and we see what he can do. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens again. I, I certainly don't want the Rangers to trade D'Angelo and I'm not trying to push all of these players out the door necessarily. It all depends on the return. But again, you know, the Rangers do have a lot of young defensemen that they eventually want to take a look at at the NHL level. And we'll see if that leads to them uh, trading some of these veterans here. One other thing that I wanted to do here today was to take a look at some of the trades that went down. Two trades went down on Sunday, both involved the New Jersey Devils, and I know we keep things really Ranger-centric on this show, but as the trade deadline heats up and, you know, the pieces start to get moved around the league, I think it's at least worth, you know, talking about a little bit. And, uh, you know, of course, all these things could be somewhat related to the Rangers. If you start to see, you know, what the going rate is for a certain type of player, then maybe the Rangers can react accordingly. You know, for example, you look at somebody like Andy Green. He got traded from the Devils to the Islanders yesterday. Andy Green is 37 years old, and the Devils got a pretty solid return here. They received the Islanders' second-round pick in the 2021 NHL Draft and a defenseman prospect, David Quenville. And we'll see what happens. I mean, Andy Green's still a solid player. You know, he's a stay-home defenseman. Certainly, at this point, he is. And, you know, gets a lot of block shots, 136 block shots on this season. But, you know, I look at this, and I feel like the Devils did pretty well here because not only do they get a second-round pick, but they get a prospect in David Quinville, and Andy Green is an unrestricted free agent after the season, and so certainly he was not in the Devils' long-term plans. I mean, it's a team that has just had a disastrous season. They need to rebuild. There is no point whatsoever in hanging on to Andy Green, unless you want to keep him around for leadership, which I can somewhat understand that, but, you know, you look at the landscape for the Devils, and certainly it looked like Andy Green was a player that was going to be on the move at the trade deadline, and now it's official. He goes to the Islanders, and the reason that it it seems like the Islanders gave up a lot here is they already have good defensemen. I mean, Devin Tays has had a strong season. Ryan Pulak is a rock for them. Uh, Nick Letty, Johnny Boychuk, these are all good defensemen, mostly all proven, really all proven defensemen for the Islanders. So, yeah, to, to give up that much just for a guy who... I'm not even sure if he's going to be a top four defenseman. I mean, we'll, we'll see how they line up. But uh, yeah, it seemed like a, a pretty steep price for the Islanders to pay there. I think the Devils, I'd have to give them the edge in that trade overall. 
And certainly if you're the Devils, there's no reason not to do that because, again, Andy Green is not going to figure into your long-term plans there. You get a, a prospect and you get a second-round pick. Not too shabby. And the other trade that the Devils struck was with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they send Blake Coleman to Tampa Bay in exchange for a forward prospect, Nolan Foote, and a first-round pick in the 2020 or 2021 NHL draft. And I got to say, I think the Devils won this one too. And it's a team that they almost seem like they're going into rebuild mode the same way that the Rangers did, where they're just going to stockpile all these draft picks. Now, Blake Coleman... Good, hard-nosed player, you know, somebody who shows up every night for the Devils during a difficult season, but not somebody who's going to, you know, stuff the score sheet every single night. And now, to be fair, uh, the Lightning don't need him to do that because the Lightning have plenty of goal scorers. Goal scoring is not an issue. And maybe this actually is a really nice fit for the Lightning because obviously it's a team that can, you know, put up points with the best of them. They have so many scoring threats. They had that incredible regular season last year. They're on just an absolute tear right now this season. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to have some guys who can score some goals, but maybe now trying to add a little bit of edge, a little bit of grittiness. And I think Blake Coleman is certainly a guy who can do that for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He has 21 goals and 10 assists in 57 games this year. So a solid, respectable total, you know, a third line uh, forward kind of production right there. But again, I think this is more about just adding a little bit of edge. And certainly Coleman is a guy who can give that to the Lightning. But I still think the Devils won this trade because one way or another, they're going to end up with a first round draft pick. And they also get Nolan Foote. Nolan Foote, just 19 years old. He is a left winger, six foot four, 195 pounds, taken by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round of the 2019 NHL Draft, going number 27 overall. And a guy who has basically just lit it up in the WHL. He has played 194 career games in that league. In that time, he has 83 goals and 88 assists. So 171 points in 194 games. I realize it's the WHL. It's not the same as the NHL, but still producing at nearly a point-per-game clip in that league. And again, you know, 19 years old, a guy who... The sky's the limit, really, and and they're getting him, a former first-round pick from the Lightning last season, and they're also getting a first-round pick from the Lightning going forward. So essentially two first-round picks in exchange for Blake Coleman, who, again, a good player, but not somebody who I think is is really going to become a superstar in this league. I could be wrong. You never know. But Coleman is 28 years old, and he's never had more than 36 points in a season. So I think the odds are against him becoming a true superstar. So I think the Devils cleaned house with both of these trades. Again, if you're the Lightning, I can certainly understand why you did this, because you want to improve your chances of winning a Stanley Cup right here and right now, and Coleman gives you some edge. Maybe it's something that you're lacking a little bit, but yeah, I mean, this seemed like a lot to give up in both instances. I think the Devils really cleaned house. I think you got to tip your cap to them a little bit. I know we're all Ranger fans on here, mostly Ranger fans, but yeah, I think the Devils really did a nice job and won both of those trades, and if you're the Rangers, the really nice thing about this is look at what the Devils are getting for, for guys who just don't have very high ceilings. I mean, Andy Green is a veteran. The Devils just want to shore up their blue line, and he'll help them do that. Great. And then Blake Coleman, who is basically just, you know, a third-line forward and nothing really more. And again, he is a big, tough physical forward. Not everything he does is going to show up in his stats, but again, the Devils got a lot here. So if the Devils are getting these kind of returns for Blake Coleman and Andy Green, then imagine what the Rangers could get for Chris Kreider and what they should get for Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider is a far better player than either one of these guys. Now, and again, I'm still not trying to force Chris Kreider out the door. I'd still love to see the Rangers sign him to a long-term deal, but this does bode well for the Rangers going forward because, again, if the Devils get this kind of return for these, you know, solid but unspectacular players, then the Rangers should be able to get, you know, basically a boatload for Kreider. And maybe 
you know, a big return for guys like Tony D'Angelo or Ryan Strom or anybody else, maybe Jesper Foss, anybody else who might be on the move at the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens, but I definitely think this is a positive sign for the Rangers as they seem to be sellers heading into the trade deadline here. And one other thing I want to talk about here before we wrap up today is Taylor Hall. It is possible that he could be traded yet again this season. And you might hear that and not know exactly what that has to do with the Rangers, but I'm going to get to that in just a second. But first of all, let's take a look at Taylor Hall with the Coyotes here. Uh, so the Coyotes, first of all, let, let's get some context here as far as where they are in the standings. They right now, if the season ended right at this minute, the Coyotes would be the last team into the playoffs. They have 66 points and a record of 29, 24, and 8. That would barely have them in the playoffs. But right behind them are the Nashville Predators, who have 65 points, and also the Winnipeg Jets, who have 65 points. So both the Predators and the Jets, just one point behind the Coyotes for that second wild card. But here's the kicker. The Coyotes have played 61 games. The Predators have only played 58 games. The Jets have played 60 games. So really, the Coyotes don't control their own destiny. Either one of those two teams, the Predators or the Jets, could leapfrog the Coyotes if they win those games in hand that they have. So the Coyotes are really in a tough spot right now. And really, I always thought it was kind of a weird trade in the first place because we all knew that Taylor Hall was going to get traded. I didn't have the Coyotes, you know, as my top two or three most likely landing destinations for Taylor Hall because I just didn't think that the Coyotes... I, I know they got off to a good start this season, and it's definitely a team that has improved, but does anyone really think the Coyotes are Stanley Cup contenders? Did anyone think that before the Taylor Hall trade? And even after the Taylor Hall trade was made, was made, did anyone look at it and say, oh, wow, look out for the Coyotes now. They, they are going to just go on a rampage through the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they're going to win the whole thing. I never saw it. I certainly don't see it now. And lo and behold, I mean, they are barely hanging on to a playoff spot here. And so the reason the Coyotes are, are really in a pickle here is... Taylor Hall has not signed a contract extension with them, so it's entirely possible that the Coyotes trade Taylor Hall and Hall gets traded for the second time this season because the last thing the Coyotes want to do, it's kind of similar to the Rangers with Chris Kreider, the last thing the Coyotes want is to miss the playoffs and then have Taylor Hall leave in free agency anyway, and then the whole thing was just a complete waste. Now, Taylor Hall has said that he doesn't want to get traded, and I'll read the quote for you right here. I want to make the playoffs with the guys here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to play here for the rest of the year. So you hear that, and it's not exactly a ringing endorsement of the Coyotes. Look, if Taylor Hall, listen, man, if you want to stay with the Coyotes, more power to you. Sign a contract extension. That'll get you to stay there for, for many years to come. I'm sure that's what the Coyotes would like you to do. But even when you hear that quote there, when you read that quote, he's not talking about like, oh, I want to be here with the Coyotes long term, and I want to, you know, be a Coyote for the next 10 years, and I want to finish my career here, and I want to lead this team to a Stanley Cup. He's not saying anything like that. He's just saying he just wants to be there for the rest of the year. So, again, you know, I'm probably reading into this a little bit too much, but doesn't that just sound like it's somebody who doesn't want to be bothered with the inconvenience of having to move again this season and go to another city and then maybe only play there for a handful of games and then end up on another team? Doesn't it sound like he just doesn't want to be bothered with all that more than he wants to be a Coyote in the long term? Now, to be fair, Hall did paint a little bit rosier of a picture a little bit later. He said, everything has been great besides the winning part. That's basically the only part that's been missing over the last couple weeks. But the guys are great. The coaching staff's been awesome. And Arizona is a great place to live. It's been really fun just kind of getting into a new city, getting acclimated with a new group of guys. These guys have a lot of fun. They have a lot of fun playing hockey, and it's been fun enjoying that. So... I mean, it sounds like he's enjoying it, but again, there's there's no endorsement about like, oh, I want to be a Coyote long term. I want to you know sit down and do a deal with these guys. 
to me, again, it just sounds like somebody who doesn't want to necessarily deal with the inconvenience of being traded, but somebody who also isn't making any commitment to this team that he wants to be here long term. He's, he's not really showing his cards, and I just get the feeling that if the Coyotes hang on to him and miss the playoffs, it's going to be a disaster for them because I get the feeling Taylor Hall could very easily be playing elsewhere next season. So if you're the Coyotes, I can't blame you for two seconds if you want to trade Taylor Hall, but the reason this is unfortunate for the Rangers is we've talked about how this is a seller's market, and we've seen that. We've already seen that with the two trades that the Devils made because, again, they trade Andy Green and they trade Blake Coleman, and they get nice returns for both players. And so if you're the Rangers and you've got Chris Kreider, arguably the best player available at the trade deadline this season, you've got the upper hand with every team in contract negotiations because imagine what you can get for Chris Kreider. There are only so many places to turn to if you are looking to make your team better and go on a Stanley Cup run here. But if Taylor Hall suddenly becomes available in trade talk, now all these teams, whether it's the Avalanche or the Blues, or, you know, I think the Jets were talking to the Rangers, looking to strike a deal with the Rangers, or the Bruins, or the Penguins, or whoever else, whoever else is trying to add a piece before the trade deadline, now you have another option. And so the Rangers don't quite have the upper hand that they had before Taylor Hall became available, if he indeed is available. I still think the Rangers will get, if they move Chris Kreider, they're going to get a heck of a return for it, as they should. But this is unfortunate a little bit because, again, it, it just gives these teams, you know, another option, another big trade target that they could look to acquire. So, you know, say a team like the Avalanche is looking to acquire Chris Kreider, but they don't like the way the negotiations are going, and they think that they can have Taylor Hall for a little bit less than they would get Chris Kreider for, then that's what they're going to do. And that's going to be unfortunate for the Rangers. So really, I mean, the best thing that Ranger fans can hope for right now is that the Coyotes win their next couple of games before this trade deadline here, and that they decide against trading Taylor Hall, because that, again, would give the Rangers even more of an upper hand in any negotiations for a player like Chris Kreider. So yeah, just wanted to talk about that a little bit. That's pretty much going to do it for today. But one thing you guys can definitely also do today, now that you're done listening to this show, is check out the Locked On NHL podcast because what we did, and I talked about this in yesterday's episode, but every Locked On host for an Eastern Conference team talked about their team and what they could and should be doing at the trade deadline this season. And that episode is out today, Tuesday. Just go to Locked On NHL. And you'll get a chance to hear all the different Locked On hosts talk about their teams and, and what they should be doing at the trade deadline. And that'll really be a fun listen. I'm looking forward to, to hearing it myself. I'm about to check it out right now, in fact. But yeah, you'll get me talking about the Rangers for about four, maybe five minutes about what they're going to be doing at the trade deadline. It's a lot of what you've heard of. But you can also check in with all the other great hosts of all these other Locked On podcasts. They all do a fantastic job. They're all just right on top of their team. It's really going to be a cool episode. You can also check out the Western Conference trade deadline special. That dropped on Monday. But yes, today, Tuesday, is the day that the Eastern Conference Locked On NHL trade deadline special drops. So again, just type in Locked On NHL. It'll come up. You'll find it. And I get to, again, talk about the Rangers for a couple of minutes. And I also talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets as well for about three or four minutes because they, along with the Calgary Flames, I believe, are the last two NHL teams that do not have a locked-on host as of now. So, yeah, definitely go ahead and check that out. It's going to be a, a fascinating listen. I'm going to check it out myself. And, and maybe we'll even talk about it a little bit more on the next episode here. But uh, that's going to do it for today. Once again, guys, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I will see you next time.